Hey, welcome back to the occasional free trial episode of Questions from Patreon. The, uh, every 10th episode, would being the X5 episode, 45, 55, and so on, uh, is free to the public and y'all get to see it. And if you like it and you want to see more rambling videos like this, I do one every week. So you can support me on Patreon for any amount of money and you can get these. I'm doing the whole call to action right up front because in at least one of these I straight up didn't realize till I was uploading it that it was time for the trial episode so it didn't have any mention of how this works and everything. So if you like this episode 55 there's 54 other episodes on my Patreon and you can go through the backlog now. It's like when you subscribe to like Netflix or uh, Amazon Prime or whatever to watch videos and like all the old stuff is there It's not like you can only watch the new stuff or something or you don't have to pay for the old things like every week the Proposition of how much content is there gets larger, but it's no let's plays or at least not What I would generally call let's plays to some extent it kind of is We're getting a little more towards gameplay content a little bit, but I'm still just answering questions and that's the commentary and this is just like a very, very, very slow, boring project to watch while I'm talking about stuff. Which is that right now I'm trying to build a boat for my dock. And this is all on Marty's server. Marty being the guy from the Pokemon series is probably what you best know him from. That's my base. If you want to see me do tours and stuff, I did that in previous episodes. So yeah, patreon.com slash SebastianSB. Now on to the first question. Adam Hosek asks, and I'm sorry if I don't know how to pronounce the S... Because it has a mystery, I, I, it has a symbol that I am super unfamiliar with all over it, and I don't know how that changes an S. I, I, I know how a lot of symbols change vowel sounds, and that's not a vowel, so I'm a little confused. Maybe it's a silent S, maybe it's alum hook, and it's like the S is like a, it's like a the human tail. It's just like a weird forgotten part of the body that like, loses usefulness and falls off over time, except it's in the middle of their name. Kind of like half of the French language, where none of the letters are pronounced. Uh, why do you still, uh, why do you think people actually watch Let's Plays? I mean, I do it myself, otherwise, I probably wouldn't be here asking questions. I have my reasons, but I don't want to influence your answer with them. So to make questions a bit more specific, I understand why it's fun playing a game with friends and such, but I still don't get why people watch strangers on YouTube playing a game for the first time. And what's so entertaining about watching the whole thing that might take tens of hours? I mean, if I like a game, I'll probably buy it to play by myself and stop watching the Let's Play after one to a few episodes. Hopefully it does not undermine the whole thing you were doing. It's just that I don't understand what motives people in general to, motivates people in general to watch all of that content. Thanks. To some extent, I don't know. And also, it's not going to undermine things, at least not any more than the several times we've discussed... Uh, parasocial relationships and anything like if there's anything that's going to make people go be like what huh and suddenly like reassess their entire behavior structure and then potentially change it it's probably going to be that and not the wow i am wasting all my time watching video games <laughs> like that's not going to be the thing that blows people's minds necessarily at least i don't think so i don't know i don't know your brains but I, I, I think people have already come to terms with how much they may or may not be wasting their time playing, watching video game gameplay. Whereas the whole uh, parasocial thing is like when people can realize like, oh my god, I am weirdly 
over and hyper invested in another person's life in a weird way that I didn't think was unhealthy, but over time became aware of the fact that it might be a strange, toxic, one-sided relationship. Which usually doesn't actually amount to anything, and it's just like a strange, like, surrogate friendship kind of thing. But in some cases leads to some actually pr problem situations where either the uh, person becomes a danger to the content creator, or the content creator finds ways to exploit the people involved and we've been over we've been over that stuff a lot so i don't so i'm not really afraid of talking about wow it is weird how people watch video game gaming for fun fun the the issue here though is that i think everyone has their own reasons and I, i'm not saying that to avoid answering the question because i'm going to answer i'm going to come up with a bunch of answers if i could as much as i can think of at least uh but ultimately people have to pick their own because a lot of the ways that people consume video game content make no sense to me and I'm a person who makes said content, and also I'm a person who uh, watches said content, but not the same way that people do, uh, not the same people that other do, other people do, and also not the same way that like people who watch my content want this content to be. One of the things that stood out to me at some point was that I, I watched this uh, documentary called "It Might Get Loud," which was about The Edge and Jack White. And I don't remember if it was Jimmy Page or it was somebody else. I'm a little, it's 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 bad that I don't remember this person. But they were they were from like Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd or something like that, and they were like the I think the bass the bass player. And they're a name that I should remember better than I do. Uh, my bad. And it was basically just about like their upbringings and styles, and also the fact that they're all from different eras a bit and different genres, and they're what they consume and everything and what what stood out to me when i was watching that was that jack white is one of my favorite music creators it's like i, I really like jack white and the pixies and dave grohl and so on and jack white makes this like low fidelity garage rock and it's just all it's yelling and loud instruments and also very few instruments it's not a lot of layered sounds but instead really straightforward rock music like their their band is literally just him playing guitar and singing and then his uh his ex-wife is playing very simple drums and that's the entire band it's two people when we talk about the white stripes at least then there's the raconteurs and the dead weather and so on where there's different configurations but in the, the most favorite famous Jack White band, it's just him doing 90% of the sound and then his sister doing some really simple, almost drum machine drumming. And then I look at, then this, this, uh, this documentary talks about his musical influences and what he listens to and stuff like that. And he puts on this old record of music that is unrecognizable to me. Like you expect to have some kind of thing that stands out. Like when you hear about stuff like, when you hear things about like the Pixies influences, you hear you, they start coming up with like you always hear mentions of like Husker Du and these other bands, and then you you often like get some kind of sense of like connection, like a genre connection or something that makes sense about like how what this band would have to do with some other band and so on, like you know similarities on some level. And then uh, freaking Jack White. His, his, the stuff he puts on on a record and that thing isn't even slightly recognizable to me at least at first glance as being even related to any of the content that he makes this is just my way of transitioning to the fact that like I don't 
watch content even remotely like I create. In fact, I don't like to watch the content that I create the vast majority of the time, which gets into crazy loops about the entire idea of how any of this works. I have some sense. I have a decent amount of sense, almost certainly more than most people trying to tell me how to run my channel and stuff like that about what my audience wants and how to do my job and everything. But I fundamentally consumed a different, like basically different subgenre of let's plays than even I make. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, this is just what I fell into essentially. And I like making it. So don't, it's not like I'm imprisoned in this genre that I fell into or anything concerning like that. So don't worry about that. But there is like this, that strange contradiction kind of built into the whole thing. Also, I have no plan. I'm trying to figure out how to build this thing. And it's actually like continually been harder than I thought it was going to be. Uh, being in water does not help. Uh, but like I watch personality driven, high energy, short videos. Sometimes they're highlights, but oftentimes they're not even that. They're just kind of quick glimpses into some people kind of shouting or whatever. And it's just like. And it's just it, it's just comedy by its focus and like uh, I actually it's it's actually funny because I, I predate I predate as a content creator uh, Game Grumps but Game Grumps is absolutely like my most watched Let's Play channel I've been watching them since the day they started because I was already watching uh, Ego Raptors content before then and so then I just kind of stuck around over time and all that. And I'm trying to figure out how to make a, what, a semblance of a curve out of boxes, and that's kind of hard. Uh, and I've always liked Game Grumps pretty much all throughout, and I've had various frustrations along the way with some of the weird choices they make in the content creation or this and that and so on. But like I've been a Game Grumps fan since 2012, which it's funny because one of the first things of like... A, one of the joking things of like, ah, oh, we made it, maybe, kind of, a little bit. Uh, when I was making stuff with Andrew, it was the first the first time we got called a Game Grumps ripoff, which is funny for a number of reasons because it's just Let's Plays and so on, but also because, like, we started making Let's Plays in 2011 and Game Grumps started in 2012, so actually, I've been doing this for a very long time, as it turns out. I surprise people that I make videos with. When I say when they see shit like that, because like I, I updated the old Jackbox playlist featuring like our original plays through content of you don't know Jack, the like 2013 or 14 or 15 or whatever Xbox 360 game. And then all the old Jackbox videos on the sad games all combined with in one playlist with the content that is now on the channel and everything now uh, that I'm making these days. And I just put it all in one playlist together across multiple channels and even Durf was like god fucking damn you've been doing this a long time because he he didn't fully grasp the seniority i have here i suppose uh for what whatever the hell that's worth anyway uh but actually that kind of content the stuff i was making in the first place is actually my style so like if you if you watch the kind of stuff we're making on sad games there's a lot of things that i have a lot of issues with it like the elements of like audio quality and video quality and also just me and andrew generally saying things that i wish we would not say in old videos and stuff like that because you just grow and change as a person so you see personality driven content from your history and you're like oh god why did you say those things it's the, the, that that video is up forever i mean not literally 
I could delete my entire back archive and unlike most stuff on the internet where people are like, once it's on the internet, it's there forever. That actually only applies to famous things. Uh, if you don't apply the Streisand effect to it at all and you just quietly delete your back history before you actually get famous enough for anyone to care, then no one will notice that you said immature things when you were 21 and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm not that insecure about the back catalog that I feel any need to like actively censor it or dig through it or anything because i think that watch this being able to access uh somebody's history in that way not like in the intrusive way but in like their creative way being able to see where they came from and the kind of garbage they made and stuff like that and what they thought was funny and all that mess kind of helps humanize people in a way and make it feel more reasonable and approachable in a way that makes people maybe a little less intimidated intimidated by this entire prospect of trying to do what i do because sometimes people like over deify the idea of what i do as if it's like some super crazy skill like i'm gifted or different from normal people in some way but really it's just that i've been doing it for so long that i've made every mistake already uh and so seeing being able to see those old mistakes is kind of cool uh and i think that outweighs the fact that I make poor choices in some of those videos and stuff like that. But I think that's all neat. Also, I get to prove the fact that I've been doing this for fucking ever, so that's an upside, too. I do like the ocean music, but I don't like being in a horrible ocean void. But thankfully, that I've never seen a Leviathan in this game, so... Uh, I'm gonna continue to assume they're hit that they have not patched one in yet, in the response to the popularity of Subnautica or anything. Please don't do that, uh... Whoever runs Mojang these days. Or I guess I could just say Mojang. But yeah, that. so if you watch the old sad game stuff, or even the modern multiplayer content, the stuff I make with Bird, for example, and the stuff I've made with Andrew in the past, and the Jackbox videos, that's my style. That is the kind of content that I will actually watch. And obviously that's massively divergent from the kind of stuff that I actually create 90% of the time on this channel. And that is the bread and butter of how I, you know, get viewership and everything. Because uh, I just stuck with what worked, and eventually that ended up being this, basically. This long format, and then I, and then like I found my niche of playing puzzle games, and RPGs, and Dark Souls games, and whatever, and kind of went with that stuff. And that just kind of is what did well. And me making content with with Sad Games and Andrew... That stuff just never did that well. Uh, we did it for years before I did any of my solo content, and it just was dead-ending. Like, we had no community, we had no viewership, and it was just not a successful channel, unfortunately, even though I, I liked that stuff better. Uh, it'd be nice if that stuff did well, but it just didn't, and that's fine. Uh, I'm not, like, bitter about it or anything. It's just what happened. Uh, and the the past pe that life takes. I'm happy that any of this has worked at all because my job is absurd and impossible and I can't believe that it's real <laughs> and all that. Uh, and I got a pretty good version of the whole thing because overall, I still get to play video games I like and I basically just give you guys what naturally comes out of me commentary-wise. It's not that I never never worked on it and it's not that I haven't like trained at this... Training is maybe a strong word, but like 
I've been practicing and getting better at this over the years, and it's like a weird thing that I've developed, the speaking and the whatever the hell my version of a voice is that is my presentation and personality and stuff like that. Actually, it might look better if there's a little bit of a ridge down here. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe pronounce this, this part out a little bit more, too. Probably nice. Yeah. This music's really good, by the way. This is a really good song, and I don't think it was in Minecraft when I played it before I revived it for this stuff. This is a really good song. I, I'm, this might make it into like a Patreon results poll video at some point, if I remember. So yeah, if you're new here, this, these kinds of massive tangents are completely normal for the series. Uh, I, I use every part of the question. Like the Native Americans. I can't tell if that's offensive or not. I'm just referring to the every part of the animal idea. I don't think that's a concerning reference. Uh, but that's where we are. There we go. That should all be complete now. Neat. It's looking vaguely boat-shaped. I need to go to sleep. Because it's getting dark. But yeah, I just kind of fell into doing what I did. I'm also kind of talking about some of these details because it'll bridge the second question of this... Uh, of this Q&A, even if it's not entirely related to the every part of the question I'm currently answering. It's it's uh, setting things up for later a bit. But as far as why people like watching stuff, there's a wide spectrum of things. One thing that stands out to me is that I engaged in Let's Play-like behavior, not, not a creation, but viewership, uh, before I started doing Let's Plays. And it might have just been a hangout thing to some extent, but there was it, and maybe this speaks to parasocial elements a bit, but what I used to do is my friend Max would come over, and this is, we're talking way younger now, uh, my friend Max would come over and he'd hang out in my brother's room, because my, my younger brother had a larger room than I did, uh, this is a series of reasons, I think I did have first pick when we moved into that house as the older brother or some nonsense like that. But I had this idea of like, I want to I want to sleep on the bottom floor uh, and have this cool room down here with the crazy double door and stuff. And I thought that was all cool. Uh, but over the years, it like got old for me and also started to feel weird. Like uh, as somebody who grew up sleeping on the second floor of a building, it felt weird to have an exposed window to the outside world on the ground floor where somebody could just be out there and stuff like that. So eventually I moved upstairs into the the not yet used room, which was very small, but it was upstairs. <laughs> and so I, I didn't have a great room for a while. Uh, but Max would come over, he'd hang out in my brother's room, and he'd, he'd actually go so far as to like set up... I need to... Ah, shit. Screwed up. Can I make this work? Yeah, there we go. He would, he would, uh, he'd hang out in my brother's room. He'd set up his entire, sometimes his entire computer, but usually just a laptop, and he'd play World of Warcraft. And because we were all playing World of Warcraft, so we'd all be playing World of Warcraft together, but I'd be in my room and they'd both be in that room and have to use like voice chat or something if I wanted to be able to communicate properly. But oftentimes, I would lean against that. And I, instead, of what I would do is I would get off my computer and I would just go into my brother's room and all three of us would be hanging out and I would just sit there and watch while they're playing World of Warcraft, of all things, which is not the most thrilling game, as you might imagine. 
I would just watch people playing World of Warcraft. And, uh... That's, like, proto-Let's Play content before it was really a genre or anything like that. It's just watching in that way. And in this example, it is they are my friends that I'm watching uh, play games. And that has been a part of how I consume content in general for the longest time. It's like, whenever I watch a live stream, it's only because it's my friend's live stream. Like, I don't watch random... I don't, I don't use Twitch at all until I want to see Bird or Andrew doing something that they're currently doing and I'm not in it <laughs> and then I, I want to watch it anyway that's basically the entire use I have for those platforms uh but like even when Max would be gone for example I would hit a point where I'd just go into my brother's room and just watch him play World of Warcraft sometimes just sit in his bed and watch and just hang out and so like I can see like the vague drive for this social element of consuming like mixing the want the the want or need to engage socially with other people or feel like you are in some way and also just the enjoyment of video games like the natural confluence of those two things is just watching somebody play video games more or less and what that entails uh and so i think that to a fair extent uh I think that just overall, like, uh, should I put one back there? That's fine. I think that, uh, Let's Plays are just a natural manifestation of those two elements to some extent, or at least that's one version of why some people watch Let's Plays. And that speaks to some of the parasocial elements of people then, uh, wanting to watch specific people. Like, it's not just to put noise on, but you grow, you gain an attachment to, uh, specific people and want to watch their content and not just anyone's content because you know their personalities and you kind of feel like you know them on some level and that can go in a bunch of different directions and so that's part of the bond that happens there and I get that on some level because like I like I have watched not every episode of Game Grumps because it's been one to three videos for uh, one to three videos every day for eight years it's a lot of content and a lot of them are like playthroughs that i don't want to watch because they're just i'm not into them or uh a bunch of different or even just like for professional reasons it'll be a game i don't want to spoil because i'm i might let's play it and stuff like that when which is often not an overlap i have to worry about because of the kind of content they make but it is at times like an issue if they play certain games i'm like well i can't watch this like zelda games which that's the thing is like once I do a once I do a playthrough of like Majora's Mask and it's like I get to watch the Game Grump series and then I go off and watch the Game Grump series and stuff like that. Uh, I still have more more stone. I have two parallel projects. This is just what I dump stone into because you mine so much stone while playing uh, this game that I come up with stone projects. I was on my layer where I need to use the torches to keep it lit up because if I don't keep it lit up, then this inverted pyramid will spawn up monsters everywhere. And I don't want it to spawn monsters. I want it to be my crazy, weird, inverted pyramid that overshadows this pirate ship, maybe. I'm, I maybe need to stop adding to this pyramid because it might start clipping into the area where the pirate ship sails might end up going. We'll see. I can always mine it back down if I need to. Like, I, get, I, I definitely have gotten those kinds of bonds with certain people on some level where I consume their content too much and then I 
there's the weird familiarity that sink that sinks in even if you're self-aware of the process and like the other layer is like watching uh 500 or whatever episodes of the rooster teeth podcast and stuff like that and like you just you have these people that are boring into their brains or the vlog brothers and stuff like that where like they've literally never met me before but slowly i constantly will inherently feel like i know these people more and more even though i'm only seeing the performative on-screen version of them and i know that that's a different thing because i make content and so i'm very aware of the process Yet at the same time, because it's just a natural human inclination, you kind of bond with people that you've never met. Which is, I think, why people are incredibly awkward and are in those cringe compilations at cons where they get a chance to meet their heroes or people that they've just consumed a lot of content from and stuff like that. Is that you? That's the that's the moment where a parasocial relationship suddenly becomes social or some variation thereof or or it becomes the one and only interaction you have with that person and it can actually permanently affect how you think of that particular person forever uh and i have elements of that to some extent where as when you're when you have this kind of job there's the weird thing where all of your peers are people that you have parasocial relationships with basically and it's really weird to think about, but like every single person that also makes content on, on YouTube is somebody that if you want to, if you're going to meet each other, unless you meet each other like a mixer or some sort of thing, which I'm not in in LA, so it's not really a part of my life. Uh, you basically just have to consume each other's content. One of you has to become a fan of the other one and then reach out to the other person, which means one of you is trying to make a parasocial relationship a real relationship in ex in sometimes kind of exactly the same way that should be discouraged from other people's behavior but it's the only way to uh make friends in your field when you do this stuff and as somebody who's been pushing themselves to basically like once a month reach out to a different channel here and there and try to act on that stuff like it is incredibly stressful <laughs> to try to meet other youtube channels this is a strange strange life that nobody knows how to do so that's that's a whole thing but yeah that parasocial element is i would say one of the strongest reasons why people consume content and it's and uh whether or not you're engaging in that kind of way massively colors your interaction with this kind of content because yes there's the example you give in the question where you're essentially shopping for video games which is definitely a thing and that is part of the reason why part one of any given Let's Play does so much better than any other part of a Let's Play is because many people are just searching YouTube and finding whatever the algorithm serves up to for them and they just look up game that is hot new release and they just look into that and uh, that's how they get their views in many cases and that's how I'll... Thank you, thank you, Motorcycle. That's, uh, for example, part of the reason why my uh, Wasteland 2 playthrough, the part 1 or whatever, last time I checked, had like 300,000 views or something insane like that. And it was, like, that's nuts. And uh, as you might imagine, the, that kind of viewership did not carry all the way through the entire playthrough of Wasteland 2. Because a lot of people don't want to watch somebody painstakingly do a slow, blind playthrough of a, like, 
several dozen hour CRPG, but they do, but they are curious about the new Wasteland 2 director's cut and its weird console ports and stuff like that. And how does a CRPG control on console and is Wasteland 2 good and are the graphics what I like or whatever other elements they say. Which is why the moment you find any no commentary channel, there's so many people that are just like, oh, finally, some com- some gameplay video without some idiot blathering on over it. Like, there's always that guy where, like, if you, uh, if you look up any kind of, it's not dark enough yet, if you look up any content like that, that's like a no commentary channel, the f- there's always some guy who feels the need to vent and, and post the exact same comment you've seen on every single channel that makes content like that. We're like, oh, finally a video without some idiot rant talking over the whole thing and stuff like that. Because there is a portion of the audience that just wants raw gameplay served up for them. And they don't want to... I left the boat over there. God damn it. That's why I made the walkway. There's always people that just want the content served up for them just because they want to shop. They basically want to go to like YouTube E3 and get a and get a semi hands on, but not an actual hands on or not an actual demo, but just like a more comprehensive life performance of what the game is in a in a way that's less deceptive and stuff like that because it's just the actual game and they just you just see the actual game and there's value in that and that makes sense and that I I like that part of what we do and the fact that that's a thing that we. That all that collectively people that make content like me do is we allow people to get honest impressions of a game. I don't necessarily even mean people watching to the end and actually seeing like this is my review during the end credits of what I think this game and was and stuff like that. That's that's another thing too. But also there's just the element of like we provide long form reproductions of what the game is in action, and you can see what the game is. And that's so that's in many cases what to, what uh, publishers actively want you to not have access to is an honest reproduction of the game, uh, and and it's for a number of reasons because like that's really boring. For example, like you you can't like I I get why why trailers and stuff like that are often not like super accurate reproductions of video games because video games are often very very long prolonged like tasks. You just get a bunch of tasks and you're performing all those tasks for hours and you're walking around a lot and stuff like that. Like there's not a lot of genres of game that are actively and aggressively visceral and entertaining every moment of the game. Probably stuff like Platinum Games, for example, and Doom 2016 and I guess Tetris are like all action all the time and they are always in the state that is basically the the good the pure sought after version of that game but a lot of games aren't just that most games aren't just that and in fact it's not necessarily even good for all games to always be that there's it like the different states of being and different states of play are part of what makes games well paced and enjoyable to play is you cycle through a diff- a bunch of different states of play because if you're doing the same thing the entire game uh unless and you it it just doesn't work like even in a game that feels like you're always doing the same thing like doom they definitely do a lot of really cool tricks under the hood in those mechanical setups that actually give you a bunch of variety of states of play within that one seemingly repetitive core gameplay loop 
because of the tricks of like the level design and enemy placement and weapon varieties and puzzles and traps and stuff like that are all subtly changing the gameplay style even though it feels like you're always doing the same thing and that makes it not feel like you're always doing the same thing as a result and that stuff's always really that stuff's all super interesting but games don't advertise well if you present them honestly uh and people are like that's boring it's kind of like how people are like why don't you show us what stuff honestly looks like but then like the moment people uh, the moment a gameplay demo at E3 is actually like the alpha build that they currently have and not like a carefully polished vertical slice, all of the comments are just fucking tearing into that game for being garbage. And it's like, y'all want honesty, but you don't want honesty. It's been the kind of consensus that's been the, the takeaway from how people actually react to seeing what a game looks like that's actually still in development, which uh, fun fun thing by the way side note if you liked the uh the outer wilds playthrough check out uh the alpha footage of outer wilds that's from like 2012 2013 2014 or something like that like something that's like a long interval of like six plus years or something like that there's like some video out there and holy shit <laughs> that talk about an unrecognizable but also completely recognizable thing where like all the core elements are there but you can't but they all look completely different and the game looks like it's from a different generation of games because it was and so on like that stuff's wild but that's that's what it looks like when you see a game that's in development uh but uh, i like that part so like there's a part of the audience that just wants to see whether or not they should buy a game and they don't want to watch a review because reviews often spoil things. And also you have to deal with that personality thing again where some guy is injecting personality into their videos, which people find aggravating if that's not what they're looking for. Uh, so you just want to find gameplay footage of some kind. Uh, but that's just one category. Then there's the esports people, which is people that just want to see a game done well, which is kind of two different categories. There's esports and then there's speed runs, which is just inherently competitive versus non-competitive or i guess more accurately competitive single player versus not uh, competitive multiplayer uh but even that's not entirely the be- the right thing to call it because like i don't know i don't fully buy that the speedrun audience always cares about competition there's drama built into the whole thing and i mean good drama like wrestling drama in that like it's like ah that's the thing that makes the thing exciting is ah the stakes and stuff like that so like i think on that level there's a stakes to whether or not the person's going to win the thing is the is the primary reason to care about the competition element but primarily people want to see impressive gameplay not necessarily care that this person has the world record necessarily but just like the stakes that are behind the run and and also the really cool gameplay that's built into it and you know see cool glitches learn crazy things about your beloved games and stuff like that whereas esports are you are genuinely just watching a competition like it's like actual like like physical sports where you just you want it's just the drama of this team versus that team and i am i've choose i've chosen to bond with and side with this team and i'm rooting for them and that's the evil guy and and especially in like fighting games and stuff like that there's like everyone derives their own personalities as part of the competition and like those get hyped up in a sort of wrestling kind of sense where you start of you start to get into this idea 
of the personality of each individual person like like your sonic fox and stuff like that where you have reasons to like certain people and not like other people and uh i i i hate i i i love to hate that person and stuff like that where like that person has a does that person has a revolting personality but also they win and stuff like that or you know like those are all different spectrums of what's arguably different forms of let's play <clears throat> and you might argue i've already gone beyond the bounds of let's play but if you try to get to pin down the semantics of what a let's play is you're gonna lose your fucking mind <laughs> if you try to come up with a very clear uh limitation and requirement for what this means because holy crap is hard to define uh i think that's enough wood for now plant my trees always replant kids and so that that's those are all different elements of it and even beyond that there's just people who might be known for doing a skillful play and that's their gimmick essentially uh on a on a channel and uh they don't necessarily have to be a speedrunner or an esports player but that's just like their thing and that's to some extent like uh don't blank on his name now the guy who does the dark souls runs why well, can't i think of his name there's a few of them actually but there's there's the one uh that's specifically long-term famous for doing various Dark Souls runs and stuff like that. I, I swear I know who he is, but I'm just blanking on names right now, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's not com it's not coming today. That's fine. That's what happens when you're trying to do all the commentary and talk about so many subjects is sometimes you can't access certain parts, I guess. Fun. Definitely not Alzheimer's, hopefully. <laughs> the problem is the name Darkside Phil is stuck in my head and I can't think past it to think of a different name to get the real name of what I'm trying to think of. I almost mentioned Darkside Phil because he was somewhat known for his personality when he was in esports elements and so on, but that's not necessarily what he's known for these days and so on. Uh, that's a thing. But, uh... I've got a trend. Now, now that I've focused too much on trying to remember that, now I've got the problem of... Trying to think of what to do next. Let's see. Let's uh keep going a little further this direction. No, no not that one. Yeah, because that's the total there. That's the that's the tippy top of that shape. Then then you have walkthrough people, which are people making uh, useful guides. The let's play element gets really questionable there to an extent because it's kind of a different thing although people constantly look up let's plays as walkthroughs and i have to explain to people this is not a walkthrough like people are like why is this video so unnecessarily long was a comment i got today about my baba is you playthrough and i'm like i this isn't a walkthrough he's like why is why is this so unnecessarily long you just gotta do this and this and this and i'm like the, the point of this video is not to just tell you how to beat the level it says let's play in the title dude i don't know what to do with you right now but yeah there's always the people who are looking up content for the sake of helping out a thing they're stuck in kind of a different category kind of more of a resource but that's a thing then you have uh you have people who do a different thing which i would say like it's sort of like a lore through essentially uh in particular i think plague of gripes did this for dark souls one 
and stuff like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be lore specifically, but it's the idea of an informative let's play. This is what Joe always thought that he always wanted to do if he ever did uh, let's plays, which I don't think he ever got around to doing in any particular way. But one of his plans of sorts was that he wanted to do dive into games that he really, really enjoys, like Metal Gear Solid 3, and do informative runs where he like shows weird tricks and so on and so forth, but also like kind of show off what he loves about the game and also explain things about the game and its backstory and its context and its it's the and the cultural like and, and historical elements of like what's being portrayed in the game and you know stuff like that like that kind of maybe practiced maybe improvised kind of the thing which is a thing that some channels do it's not super popular necessarily but it's a thing and i've seen in particular i liked the plague of gripes one for example and so like those are people that you'd watch to sort of learn about a game along the way i think extra credits was kind of proposing to do that with some of their playthroughs and i don't know if they do that really i didn't really stick around uh so like that's that's just a whole other category so like being informed about a game and experiencing a game in a different way than just yourself then you get blind let's players which is what i am uh usually mostly through through a virtue of like what's reasonable and also how i like to do let's plays it just kind of just kind of behave became that way i have nothing against playing games that i already know but because i make blind playthroughs as a result of the process which is mostly like i want to play these new games is pretty much the incentive to play games blind uh as a, as a result i cultivate an audience that then is used to watching me play games blind so therefore I will then continue to play games blind is essentially this the feedback loop that happens uh at that point I'm trying to figure out how to make that curvature the shape's going to get more complicated now hopefully i'm proud of it by the end of this but basically those are just personality based things where somebody is going to play a game for the first time and you're going to experience it alongside them and maybe it's because you also were going to experience the game blind alongside them, and you've never played the game before. Uh, so I, there are people in the audience that, for example, don't have uh, usable computers uh, or consoles, and like they don't have access to these games. And inevi almost inevitably, given like capitalism and costs and so on, and just the the requirements involved in being able to access games in general. Uh, you're going to get stuck with some games you can't access for one reason or another just because it all costs money and you're probably not going to buy every single platform. I buy every single platform, quote unquote, uh, for my job. The Every single platform is the quote unquote, not my part where it's my job. Uh, I'm not I'm I'm not so self-defeating to put my job in air quotes as if it's not legit or anything like that. Uh, I might want to trace this one back. I might want to pull this one back a little bit. Uh, but even with me and my stuff, I still haven't, for example, bought VR, which is a hundreds or thousands of dollars investment. And so I can't play any of those games. And so I might choose to consume VR content in Let's Play form, for example. And uh, even if I did buy VR, there's VR exclusives. So you have to buy every VR platform to play every VR game. Fuck. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> my God. Uh... So that's a thing, for example. 
so a lot of people are just consuming content that they can't necessarily play themselves. But there's also people who have already played said game and just want to experience it again through new eyes, which is the appeal of somebody like me, for example, playing Zelda or various games that I didn't play the first time around is that then people get to bite into that spicy thing. Like, uh, like one of the cool things that happened, for example, with, uh, game grumps is that, uh, not only did they do a playthrough with somebody who hadn't played Zelda, like the person who was playing it played it before, but, uh, the person watching alongside had not done Ocarina before, uh, they actually didn't know about the thing, the plot twist in freaking Ocarina. I knew about it because cultural osmosis had forced me to be spoiled on it. Like, there's no real escape from being spoiled on that. I play Smash Brothers. <laughs> but uh, he, that was somebody who didn't know the thing. So you get to see somebody actually be surprised by the thing, which is like a long-lost memory that nobody can have these days because it happened... If it ever happened to you, it happened so far back in the 90s that you, like barely remember what it was like probably to do it unless it was like a formative thing that's like fused into your brain forever because it's so important to your memory or something that you that particular life experience maybe uh which some people have people have that relationship with media sometimes but uh that was just a thing that was a thing that happened got to see somebody be surprised by the thing in ocarina i'm still talking around it instead of saying what the twist is just in case one of the only unspoiled people is in the audience uh so that's neat it's like you get to see reactions to certain things vicariously which i don't always i'm not always happy with that part of my job necessarily because when it but i I, you know it's it's often fine but then there's there's people like ah you underreacted to that part and it's like i'm sorry i didn't automatically recreate the childhood wonder that you had as a kid correctly there's, there's a pressure with that that can be exhausting which is why i didn't really want to play there was a there's a podcast where i ranted about how i didn't want to play doki doki literature club because i didn't want to deal with that element for once of like ah oh, it's such a shocking crazy game and i want to see you play it to see your reaction to the how shocking it is and i'm like i going into that as the premise it's like it's so like the well is so pre-poisoned for me of like okay so i have to better react correctly or the let's play is like failed essentially and stuff like that and that, that there's like having a the playthrough just be about having the reactions is a bummer to me uh so i so, sometimes that was a particular case of me being just done with that idea for a particular game and not really wanting to deal with that in that one game's case but yeah so that that's one element is the blind thing and it's not just reactions thankfully because the reactions are not my the part that i like the most but it's just like seeing how somebody else might play a game uh see somebody encounter problems and solve them differently from you did from how you how you did which uh happened for example in uh wind waker uh, i mean majora's mask when uh i got went to a boss fight and just instantly instantly killed the boss because the bombs are they're weak to the bombs and so many people in the comments were like what the fuck you can do that that boss fight was over instantly like i did some crazy cool thing and it's like oh you did that was that was that not the normal way to do that because uh, people like reacted so strongly and everything and like that's kind of part of the fun is 
you kind of have you've kind of already had your original experience with the game and so you'll kind of n never recapture that quite the same way that's kind of a curving front i don't know i might redo this in some way i might need to make it longer to make it look more natural crafting stuff's interesting but like that's that's part of that whole thing it's just the uh the blind experience and also like in games that have more variety to their gameplay because like zelda you just play through the entire game linearly mostly although I, I still surprise people often intentionally like screwing with them with like haha you can do this and like playing the temples out of order in ocarina for example and just doing things intentionally to like kind of screw with people that have an expectation of how the playthrough is supposed to go uh which is fun uh and then also like the weird just minor things like you can do that like when I did my little trick jump and got that one mask from behind the skull dude using like a bunny ears to like get ahead, get it ahead of when I was apparently supposed to or at least when some people thought I was supposed to. And then there's like the experience of like watching other people play the witness for example and just waiting for like the moment where they have the aha of, of various particular secrets and surprises that game has in store for you and realizing and them realizing the moment okay that putting the tip on it kind of brought the thing together didn't it <laughs> that kind of made it look a little bit more ship-like but it, it probably needs to be a little more tapered this is an experience we're working on this marty's going to be judging me because he loves pirate ships and shit and i'm probably not doing it right <laughs> I'll have to use different wood types to make different parts of it stand out better. So some of those will have to be replaced with different wood types so it doesn't look like one solid color. Because that'll probably make it look better. I think. We shall see. Oh, there we go. This is fun though. So, be, there's, so there's the player expression part, and some games are less linear and more player expression e, which is nice. So you have stuff that allows more variety from the uh, from the player, like a uh, Frostpunk or uh, this War of Mine, where inherently the game is about a bunch of mechanical choices that continue to snowball over the course of the entire playthrough, and by the end of the game, you just straight up have a different campaign than other people would have. And so seeing other people play a game is cool, both because you can learn new ways that the game can be expressed, and you can also express other encounter other people's uh, playthrough and how they experience the game. And oftentimes the only way to properly see different experiences is to see a different person thrown at the experience. Because uh, we as players will behave in certain ways repeatedly. Not necessarily in the like, ah, oh, we're pre-programmed by fate and we'll never deviate from our programming kind of thing. But just the, like we have a particular personality and maybe we'll never kick the old man and, and, and murder him in that one game or whatever. So like when you play puzzle solving things or games with a bunch of solutions or sandboxy mechanical things like this War of Mine where like you're just kind of let loose upon the game. Or even uh, role-playing games and stuff like that, like KOTOR and various other things. Or uh, Until Dawn is a game with a high amount of uh, variability in its mechanics. Or not so much as mechanics, but like the different patch, uh, paths that happen. Or like the snowballing decisions that happen over the course of like four or five or whatever, how many seasons that Walking Dead's game had eventually or stuff like that. I don't know. I only played the first two seasons. I'm 
out of touch there. Uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, I need to figure out where to put the hold in this thing and the staircase that goes below deck and stuff like that. I need to look at like a reference photo for what a top of a pirate ship actually looks like. But I also need to finish this dock so it looks like a dock instead of a floating slab. So that's something I'm to work on too. This is fun. The uh, it's like those kinds of choices. You'll be you're kind of preconditioned. Like even when you tr choose to like, like it's one thing to go through Mass Effect and be like, I'm gonna do a Renegade run and I'm gonna do a Paragon run, where you're just choosing the pre-allocated blue or red choice for the entire playthrough, and you're doing the run, like an Undertale. That's kind of different from role playing because you're like, I'm just gonna mindlessly pick this color the entire game or mindlessly pick that color the entire game. But games that don't make it so clear to you, there's way more variability. Some of this shows up in the fact that like the audience will argue with me very strongly sometimes about the moral implications of a particular choice and how we come away from it completely differently because I'll, I'll be doing what I think is a good thing and other people will be completely disagreeing with that kind of stuff. And that kind of thing is the kind of difference of play you get specifically from watching somebody else play the thing. And then you get alongside their reasoning and so on and so forth, or their personality and their jokes or whatever they particularly seem to bring to the table that brought you to want to continue watching their content in the first place. I gotta make this look less uniform or something. Not that one. I gotta stagger this a little bit, I think. Oh, but only that one part is staggerable. Maybe that's enough to look, help a little bit, to make it look a little more natural. Maybe. Hmm. I was just gonna add to this part a little bit more. I'm trying to make the the end look more pronounced, I suppose. Let's see what other kind of let's players are there. As far as why people do commentary on gameplay channels. Because uh, this is an ongoing discussion. It's like, ah, why does why does people do commentary? Uh, clearly, there's so many people that want want no commentary on their videos, and why won't you satisfy these markets and so on? And actually, uh, especially for popular games, it's actually really easy to find no commentary videos for said games on the internet. Uh, they're just not they're just not immediately highly ranked. But if you just search for no commentary videos you'll generally uh be served with what you're looking for uh pretty effectively so they do exist generally speaking and so that's not really much of an issue uh, as far as why all the most popular channels are commentary based instead of non-commentary based i have my own particular tr uh rant to trot out that i think i may have even done in this series before i'm not sure but I've definitely said it from time to time because people ask this a lot. Uh, and it comes down to me to think that, like, you can make a no-personality channel, but what is your what is somebody's incentive to follow said channel? That's the That's sort of the issue. If, like, if there are 500 channels that are all uploading... The latest game, let's say Days Gone, because that was like the latest, uh, one of the latest like AAA games that everyone was covering, or God of War and stuff like that. Uh, if you do no commentary and you just play through the game in an average to above average way, you know, just do a nice brisk playthrough, 
and the and it's just the video of Kratos walking through the campaign or whatever and beating the dudes. What incentive do people have to actually subscribe to your channel over somebody else or at all? That's two things. That's two problems you have to face. And so I think this is why uh, channels that don't do commentary are way more popular, uh, that do commentary way more popular, and there's only like two popular channels. Like MK Ice and Fire is basically like the one channel that's successful-ish from just doing silent commentary or silent videos. And uh, and then, then that's it. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like you are a res- the moment you do that, you're like a resource. You're like a library, essentially, where P- P- uh, there's a demand for like uh, t- for if you type in like days gone, no commentary, let's play or something gameplay part one or whatever. Uh, and that's a resource that people want and will look up. But why would somebody who's looking that up then subscribe to your channel? Like just because they want to watch that one playthrough doesn't mean they want to watch all of your playthroughs, generally speaking. I don't think the scaffolding serves a purpose anymore. Uh, so, like, they'll just look up whatever silent playthrough they're feeling like watching that particular day, and they'll watch it, and they might watch all it all the way, all the way through, and they might get exactly what they wanted, but then they'll just move on with their life until a month later where they decide, that I want to look up this particular game as a no-commentary playthrough. So, like, I think that those channels don't generally get traction because there's not much reason to subscribe to them. And that's what a personality provides, is that when a, if, there's, if there's a person that is at the core of the channel, you start to like that person and want more content from that person. And so then you want to watch their channel and you subscribe to them and hope, and that's why you then hope they play stuff that you want them to play or make the kind of content you want them to continue to make. Because you specifically are hoping that that personality will get to be mixed with the things that you want to get mixed with. Because otherwise... If you wanted to watch that playthrough, you'd have to deal with somebody else's personality. So that's the first thing, is that like, if you just want no commentary, then you can get served, and that content does exist, but there's not really much reason to stick around, because you, you can always just Google whatever particular playthrough you want to watch, and that's it. There's no reason to be like loyal to that particular channel and watch everything they make to support them, because who gives a fuck? Yesterday they were playing Days Gone, tomorrow they're playing a game you don't like and don't care about. And that's just the structure. That's just the inevitable give and take of how this kind of channel works all the time, including mine, uh, with no personality to bind it all together. As far as why there's not a variety of successful channels, it's because as far as the people who do choose to subscribe to that kind of channel, well, why have variety? Why have more channels like that? So they're inevitably just going to find the one that's at the top of the algorithm. Oopsie, I just threw my shovel. (laughs) They're going to find the one at the top of the algorithm and just subscribe to that one channel. And that'll be the one successful channel on that entire genre. Because there just isn't really a reason to have more than one within its category. You'll see this a bit with like makeup channels and slow motion channels or uh, science channels or just any other kind of channel. Is that if there's a bunch of... Generally speaking, if there's a bunch of channels within a subgenre on YouTube, it's because each of them has a different cast and people choose to watch or not watch based on how much they like that particular cast, for example. And so you pick the particular cast of that kind of format of content that you like the most. 
from makeup or unboxing or let's plays or whatever subcategory that you're into these days. Uh, and if none of them had personalities and they were all just like the equivalent of like those like extended cable, but like I'm thinking of like those extended cable cable package, like channels that just play music and it just shows the music playing and that's it. And it just shows a title card explaining what the music's origin is and whose music this is. And that's the whole content. Uh, like, those that that's that's what it's like to have a no commentary Let's Play channel. Like, it's just like, here is the content produced to you. It is being provided. And that is the entirety of how you consume it. Enjoy the content. So, like, there's no reason to have more than one of that thing if you're getting the content you want. And so there's no in for other people to do it. So inevitably, if you want to break into this thing, you do have to kind of be the personality-driven thing because that's what there's a reason to subscribe to for is. <laughs> uh, and that's just, and it's also why people that stuff's successful is because people have tastes and preferences of what they want their commentary to be like. Whereas if it's just gameplay, you're like, well, is it in 4K, 60 frames per second? And does the guy do a decent job of just getting through the game? cool that's the one channel that has to exist everybody else can go home <laughs> is basically how that works because it's it's it, it is to me like checking out books from the library essentially is what's happening there like there's just no reason to watch more than one of them but i think i've been down some of the reasons that i i meant to split this like half an hour of this question half an hour of the other question so i guess we're gonna go a little longer than intended but that's fine i guess uh it's the special promotional video. Please support me on Patreon. This video every week disrupts my schedule and I have to compensate for it in various ways. Uh, yay. No, it's fine. My job's great. <laughs> uh, trying to think of categories I haven't thought of and so on. But that, that, that's the basic stuff, though, is it's elements of, like, some people watch it for good gameplay. Some people use Let's Plays as a resource to be mined. And some people use it for vicarious experiences of games that they can't experience themselves. And some people use it to vicariously experience games that they have already experienced, but they want to see somebody else's fresh take on it, either because they want to see their reaction to that part of the game or because they want to see somebody actually just end up like what happens when a different personality plays said games and ends up playing it differently, for example. I don't necessarily have a floor plan plan, so I just want to actually have access to down here. I can at least try to hollow out all this water. This would be an issue. Do I have enough dirt to do this? I hope so. Here we go. Doing this repetitive task. Oh yeah. This is why this is a good thing to do for Q&A. Uh, there's people who do it as resources, people that do it vicariously, people who just want noise to keep them company. There's a lot of people who uh, just are doing their day job and they're, they have a day job where they're allowed to use headphones for one reason or another, which has been all of my jobs, admittedly, too. No, not all of them. Best Buy, I couldn't get away with that usually. But I worked at an upholstery shop where I was mostly just left to my own devices and doing tasks. And then I worked at the at a at a state board where I just was in a cubicle all day. So I, I, I had a lot of uh, headphone time myself, so I can relate to that element too, of just wanting stuff. I don't fully get 
using Let's Plays as your choice for that. And in fact, somebody was like, ah, this video is useless to people who are are just listening as a complaint that some people, someone had because we weren't reading out everything during a Jackbox thing. And I'm like, I, dude, like there's organic commentary happening. I can't pause everybody's discussions to be like the closed captions for the question that's on the screen or the funny thing people answered. Like people are laughing and I can't just like people are laughing and telling jokes and everything. And I can't just like interrupt all that to be like, yo, here's the closed caption for the the exact text on the screen. So you can get away with not looking at the screen. Like if people choose to consume my content and other people's content in that way, I can't stop them. And that's, and it's fine, I suppose, but I, that's not what the content's made for. So expecting people to, cons- to give you concessions and to tailor their content to you because you've chosen to experience a video, a visual medium in a non-optimal way is not a game I'm going to play, but power to you if that's what you choose to do. I won't begrudge you if you're consuming my content as just a noise thing and uh, aren't looking at the screen when obviously the visuals are often and, and constantly an intended part of the experience. Not in this case. Not in the Q&A series, but in, other, in, in everyone else's cases, the uh, visuals are supposed to be part of the experience that, generally speaking, because I'm playing a visual thing. Uh, but uh, if that's what you want to do, then go ahead. I just, I just won't be tailored to you. So like that was a weird complaint, and I'm, I'm, in my opinion, and I'm like, uh, fine, don't watch it then. You're watching it wrong, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh if you can, if you can't process what's happening or enjoy it without watching it, then that then you should not be using it as an audio distraction, and you should be watching it with your eyes during a time where you can watch with your eyes. Which is like that's me. Like I I consume so many video essays and podcasts specifically because like those are ones you can pretty much always get away with just listening to, uh, and then when it comes to like the ten minute power hour from game grumps i'm going to specifically wait until i'm like eating dinner or doing something in a context where i can watch with my eyes because i will only get the full experience that way dude that's really a cool location for the wandering traveler to show up he's on my pirate ship that's cool it's not really a pirate ship yet it's just a boat not even a sailing ship yet but you know that's neato i had to figure out my spacing of this whole place I'm leaving that for like a between episodes planning phase, I think. I'm just going to focus on this water problem for now. But yeah, personally, I would recommend if you want just audio, check out video essays and podcasts. And if you want to find video essays, check out my recommended videos playlist on my channel. The vast majority of them are video essays and some music. There's a few visual element-oriented things on that cha- on in that playlist, but a lot of it is video essays and stuff that you can process without watching visually if you look at the front page of my youtube channel you'll find the recommended keith's recommended videos playlist and so that's that's oftentimes better content to consume in that context than me but but yeah i can relate on some level it's just i didn't watch let's plays when i was working my previous job i definitely just stocked up on podcasts so many podcasts to get me through it instead because podcasts especially audio podcasts are actually designed to be consumed as audio. So, you know, you'll get a better experience if you consume content the way that it's intended to be consumed. And generally speaking, people are not as good at multitasking as they think they are. 
as some like I say that as somebody who when I sit down to watch a movie or a show, I am watching that movie or show and I am not on my phone and not doing anything else. But everybody around me from family to friends are always on their phones or distracting or talking or leaving the room to get something from the kitchen and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, those people, while they think they're effectively multitasking, have they'd know fuck all about what's actually happening in said show. And if you quiz them on it, you'll realize they'll quickly realize they don't know shit at all about it. Uh, and they're just, they're just not paying attention. And if they aren't intending to pay attention and they barely care, then that's fine. But oftentimes people think they are effectively consuming content while multitasking and they're not. Which also applies to people watching Let's Plays in a second window. It's like oftentimes the the word watch is not necessarily really accurate because you're actually just completely ignoring it. And if you went back, you'd realize that you didn't take in any of that information. I, uh, I'll go out of my way when I realize that I have accidentally, I've accidentally tabbed out in the middle of a let's, uh, in the middle of like a Netflix show or something, and I've accidentally kind of went down a rabbit hole for a second in a browser, and I'm like, oh god, I definitely don't know what just happened for the last eight minutes, and I'll actually rewind and, re and watch that whole chunk again because I realize that I've made a mistake. Uh, just a general PSA: don't don't recreate my mistakes if you are watching content that you care about. Uh, try to watch it fully and entirely because uh, that's what that's how you end up being me the guy who played near back when it came out but then came back and played it for let's play and was like i don't remember anything it's because i was uh multitasking with youtube videos while playing near and basically didn't take in near at all the first time i played it uh because I was just kind of mindlessly playing for achievements and stuff like that during that era. And was just playing bad. I was just playing video games badly, basically. And incorrectly. And that's a mistake that, uh... It's just kind of a... It's a bummer to realize that you're not actually consuming the content that you want to consume. And you want to enjoy. So don't make those mistakes like I did. <laughs> that, was a, that was a whole tangent. Uh, but that is, that was, that's, that's another category of why people consume content, though. Is that they're just kind of distracting themselves at work. Which I get. And if it serves that purpose, then go for it. Because uh, definitely, like, there's definitely like a category of people who see this as content that's not really worthy of their full attention, and it's lesser than shows and movies. And I don't necessarily even disagree. Uh, and so, like, it's only a thing that they'll consume when they're trying to multitask. And I definitely categorize content in a similar way, where I come up with labels of like things that are different tiers of how much I'll pay attention to it. And there is like, like podcasts and more passive media that I'll bring up while I'm editing, for example. And this, and so like I, I still have that part of my life where there's content that I follow and keep track of entirely because of its role of being a more kind of a lesser form of content that I do still enjoy. But its purpose is to be there in times where I am not where I'm not fully paying attention to said content, but I do want something to take me away from the monotony of the thing that I'm doing in the moment and stuff like that. So that's a whole thing. I, don't know, I think I covered a bunch of the categories. Pretty much it. It's either a resource to inform me about something, either to learn about the game or to... Well, that's basically, yeah, it's always about to, to learn about the game in different ways. Or it's to see something impressive. Or it's to see a personality that you're attached to or a comedy source that you enjoy. Uh, or it's just because you just need company during your boring day job or some other element like that. 
And then in some cases, it's because you get particularly attached to a content creator and you and you want them in your life on a regular basis. And that's where it can get a little sinister, depending on how things go. I just broke my shovel. No. I was doing a thing, though. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then I think I listed them all. That was my big, long, rambling answer to that. And with that, we're going to say goodbye to Minecraft. And I'm going to figure out my shovel thing later. And, uh, hey, I successfully hollowed out and filled up my ship, so that's cool. But for the next question, we're not going to be playing a video game anymore. And I took, like, 40 minutes longer to get what I wanted out of that answer than I meant to. So this is not going to be a one-hour video. They've been one-hour videos lately, mostly because, uh, both because the questions will run out if I keep going for too long, but also because the two hours are a little disruptive every week. Uh, so I'm trying to not let them get too long these days. I'll see you later, traveling merchant. I don't necessarily care about you that much, but it's kind of cool that you showed up. Let's log out. Oh yeah, and be, be, feel free to leave your own comment in the in the uh, description. Not the description, that's not how that works. Uh, leave your own comment below if you want about how you consume YouTube content and what you want out of it and what you get out of it and whether or not you've learned anything from my perspective on some of the stuff but also about it and and so on but also like you know also just what role my channel fills in your content consumption habits and all that uh, I won't be offended if you're like yeah I watch this when I want to be distracted and I watch actually good stuff on Netflix or whatever the hell when I'm actually home from work or whatever because uh, I get it.